0: Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians We are here in chapter number three. We've been looking at verse number six, which says, But now when Timotheus came from us, from you unto us, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, as we also to see you. Now we've been looking at this issue of the Apostle Paul sending Timothy unto the local assembly here in Thessalonica to try to find out what was going on with them, to see if they were remaining faithful to the message that had been given to them by the Apostle Paul, the message of the dispensation of the grace of God, the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and how a person puts their trust in that, and that alone is what gives someone salvation today. Paul sends Timothy unto them, trying to find out his looks up like that he was talking about how there was good tidings of their faiths so that they were remaining faithful to that message, and also says, and charity, and that's what we're going to pick up with today in this broadcast is looking at the issue of what the charity is that the apostle paul is making a reference to because the word charity has taken on a different meaning than what has been intended by the scriptures you know some people just look at it as you know love and that's how you know a lot of your different translations that are on the market will actually just translate this word as love other people look at that word charity and they think of it more as like a charitable organization, someone that's going to be giving something to someone. And so they have that idea when they see the word, but we're going to see that this word has a very particular meaning that the apostle Paul was looking at related to this assembly. And we're going to start with looking at what. Is the definition of the word charity, and we're going to read you know a few of the definitions that are found in Webster's 1828 dictionary to give an idea of what this word actually means. And there are actually eight different definitions that are given here. The first one says, in a general sense, love, benevolence, goodwill. That disposition of heart which inclines men to think favorably of their fellow man, and to do them good, in a theological sense, it includes supreme love to God and universal goodwill to men. And if three verse examples that are given to go along with this: First Corinthians chapter eight verse one, Colossians chapter three verse fourteen, and First Timothy chapter number one, verse five. The second definition here says, In a more particular sense, love, kindness, affection, tenderness, springing from natural relations as the charities of father, son, and brother. The third definition here, Liberality to the poor, consisting in almsgiving or benefactions or in gratuitous services to relieve them in distress. Now that's the definition that most people think of when they look at that word. Charity. fourth one alms whatever is bestowed gratuitously on the poor for their relief five liberality in gifts and services to promote public projects of utility as to fund and support bible societies missionary societies and others six candor liberality in judging of men and their actions a disposition which inclines men to think and judge favorably and to put the best construction on words and actions which the case will admit. The highest exercise of charity is charity towards the uncharitable. Number seven, any act of kindness or benevolence is the charities of life. And number eight, a charitable institution, charity school, a charity school is a school maintained by voluntary contributions for educating poor children. Now, we can see how those eight definitions really have a very broad sense of things of what's going on. But when we look really at what the Apostle Paul is actually talking about related to the idea of the charity that's being spoken of, of the saints in Thessalonica, he's looking at that first definition, which really can be summed up as, love in action. So it's the idea of not just having the feelings of love towards someone. It's the demonstration of those feelings through the actions that are being displayed towards other individuals. You know, it's very easy for people to say that they have a love for someone and not actually demonstrated in a manner of what the apostle Paul is actually making a reference to. Now, when he speaks of this assembly, we see how if we go back to chapter number one, that Paul started off with this idea talking about how this was part of who they were as a local assembly. And here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number one, We're going to read here verse number three, which says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. And we see this issue of their labor of love that's being spoken of, which is the whole idea of what charity actually is. It's that... Labor that's being demonstrated, showing the love that individuals have. This is what the Apostle Paul actually wanted to make sure that they were actually doing, that they were demonstrating this, because this is what the Word of God actually says is supposed to be part of who we are as the members of the body of Christ. We see how Paul brings up this whole idea when he starts talking about the sign gifts that are, you know, at the time that he writes the epistle that we're going to turn, these sign gifts were in place, and he's going to talk about how they're going to fade away, and there's going to be things that are going to remain there as those gifts fade away. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And we're going to see how Paul's going to speak here to this assembly at Corinth, and he's going to be identifying the fact here that the sign gifts are going to go away. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter number thirteen, we're going to start here at verse number eight, and we're going to read down through the end of the chapter. Verse eight says, "Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail; whether there be tongues, they shall cease." but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Now as Paul starts this issue, he talks about how these various gifts and he talks about how the prophecies are going to fail. The tongues are going to cease. Knowledge shall vanish away. And that's not saying that people aren't going to have knowledge. It's the issue of the gift of knowledge that was given by the Holy Ghost because there was an issue for the nation of Israel, a gift given to them so that way they would know exactly what they needed to say to individuals. And it was that knowledge that they needed in order to have that understanding. Paul says that all of these things that are being identified as being gifts, they're going to go away. And that's going to happen when Paul says, that which is perfect is come. Now, one of the things that individuals struggle with is identifying the fact of what is that perfect thing that's going to come. And so many people want to put this is that this is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these gifts are going to be there until he comes back. Now, this is not what the Apostle Paul is making a reference to. Because if he was, then he wouldn't even be talking about them ever going away. Because when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, we're talking about for us as the members of the body of Christ that's the catching out of the saints the event that's known as the day of Christ and Paul saying that you know this this is when the lord Jesus Christ comes back for us and that's the perfect thing that's going to come then these gifts would be here for all of our time and we wouldn't even have to worry about this idea of the fact that they are going to fade away Paul identifies the fact that they're going to fade away. Something perfect is coming. Over in the book of Ephesians, when he talks about a different set of gifts, he talks about, we're going to hold your hand here, we're going to come back to this passage, just go over to Ephesians chapter number 4, because this is going to help clarify what this is here. And we read verses 11 through 13 of Ephesians chapter 4, which is going to speak about a different set of gifts, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What Paul is speaking of over in the book of Ephesians is the fact that we're going to come unto that knowledge by the fact that we have a completed word of God which gives us this information. The completed word of God is the thing that is perfect. So when Paul speaks about over here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 13 about that when that which is perfect is come, then that which is apart shall be done away, he's saying that when we have a completed word of God, then these sign gifts are going to go away. You see these things happening during Paul's ministry. When you look at the idea of the healings that initially during the early part of his ministry were going on, and then as he's writing his later epistles and we're getting closer to him penning Second Timothy, you see how he starts talking about how he's leaving people sick. In places, So it means that the, the gift of healing isn't there. He prescribes medicine to Timothy and tells him to drink a little wine for his stomach's sake and his oft infirmities. The idea that there was not going to be that healing and this he was going to have to take care of himself physically. And Paul's identifying, here's what you have to do. The gifts go away. And these things here that Paul lays out in verse 13 of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, So when it says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, that these are the things that are going to remain. These are the things that the members of the body of Christ are supposed to be demonstrating in our lives. And when Paul is looking at... You know, this assembly in Thessalonica, you see how he's looking at the you know two of these things, the faith and charity. And he's writing unto them about the issue of the hope that the members of the body of Christ has. Because these two epistles that he writes unto the assembly of Thessalonica deal with the day of Christ, the catching out of the saints. Paul deals with all three aspects for this local assembly, and he's trying to make sure that they are actually demonstrating the things that God would have for the members of the body of Christ to do. That charity is demonstrated, and Paul gives several examples in his epistles that speak about the idea of what this charity is. Let's go over to the book of Galatians, and we can go to Galatians chapter number 6. And we see here Paul give us a statement here of how we are to deal with individuals. And we're going to read verse 10 of Galatians chapter number 6. As we have therefore opportunity... Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, Paul does say we're supposed to make sure that we are especially doing good things unto those who are of the household of faith, the members of the body of Christ. But there's a general aspect of things that we're to do good unto all men. It's not, well... Just do good unto the people that we like or do good unto this group of people, but you can ignore and leave out some other group of people. And that, that's what so many people want to do. And you can hear it by, you know, in the words that they say about individuals, the actions that are demonstrated towards individuals. Those are the things that show the care that is supposed to be there. You know, doing good unto all men. That's that demonstration of charity. That's what Paul was looking for in this assembly in Thessalonica. And part of that whole aspect is that whole idea of that there, in order to do good unto all men, there has to be a demonstration of some form of what Individuals would call good works to show that happened. And that's why you see Paul, if we go over to Titus chapter number 3, is going to say something related to this. And here in Titus chapter number 3, we're going to read here verse number 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works, these things are good and profitable unto men. Now, an individual can only demonstrate those good works when they're being done according to the faith that's been given to us. That's why you see, you know, over in 1 Corinthians, it was faith, hope, and charity. Faith is where those things build off of. As Paul, looking at this assembly... He looks first for their faith and makes sure that they're doing those things and then speaks about the issue of the charity. Because an individual can do all sorts of good things and not be doing them according to the faith that's laid out in the Word of God rightly divided. We know that the only faith that God is dealing with is, you know, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's the Word of God which is going to produce that faith. And when we talk about the Word of God, we always have to talk about it from the aspect of how God would have us to look at it, which is the issue of the study that show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. That we have to understand what information is being given to us and what information is not written directly to us. If we take the information that's written written directly to us, use this information as this is the word of God for us. We apply it to our lives. It produces that faith. And when that faith is there, it should lead to the good works. That's why you see how Paul prays for the saints at Colossus. He prays for them to grow in that wisdom, said so that way they would walk worthy. You know, he the only way to walk worthy was to have the word of God actually built up in the individual having an impact on who they are. You know, individuals just think, well, if I can just do enough good works, God's going to somehow let me into heaven. God's going to let it count to my account, even though I've never put my trust in the gospel. Even though, you know, and it's it's just the idea of my good outweighs my bad. And that's not how God looks at things tonight. God looks at things according to what the Word of God actually says. And even if a person is doing things according to what they think the Word of God says... And they're taking it out of the book of Exodus or Leviticus according to what the law says. That's not going to give the right thing because that's not information that applies directly to us. It's not producing the faith that the Apostle Paul actually has laid out for us. We have an example that Paul gives here. Let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And this is going to be that issue of, you know, a demonstration of the things of love. And we read from verse 17 through 19 of First Timothy chapter number 6. It says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. And the issue is, when he's talking about these individuals who are rich, he's not saying, though, that well, you're rich, so you, know, you give everything away. And that's the only way that you're going to be able to be pleasing unto him. It's the issue of that, you know, you might be rich. Don't put your trust in those things. Put your trust in what the word of God actually says. That's why farther up in the chapter when he says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Individuals take that verse and just put it as that money is the root of all evil. And it's not the money that's actually the root of evil. It's the love of money. It's that desire that somebody has of that they want to do things for money, to, either to earn it or to keep it at the expense of other individuals, at the expense of the impact that it would have, on the, at the expense of their relationship with the word of God. This is what the apostle Paul is warning about, and saying, "You know what? It's, it's okay if somebody has those riches, but here's what they: if you have it, here's what you need to be ready that you're still rich in good works. You're ready to distribute. You're willing to communicate, laying up a, in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. The night of building up the gold, silver, and precious stones." not just trying to build up this treasure here, thinking it's going to, you know, do something for them, because the reality is, you know, when somebody dies, you can't take anything with you, you can build up that gold, silver, and precious stones, but it also is okay to be rich. You know, Paul doesn't say that you know being rich is a bad thing, it's how a person uses that that has an impact. And that's when Paul's looking at these things, talking about their faith and their charity, he's looking at it from the aspect of what does their life look like on a day-to-day basis. You know, and it's easy for someone to, well, you know, I do one good thing and you know, and try to let that you know outweigh everything else. Paul's again saying, are you demonstrating that faith on a day-to-day basis? Are you demonstrating that charity on a day-to-day basis? Is this truly a part of who you are? And that's what the Apostle Paul, when he looks at and says that there was a good report of these people, is the fact that this truly was who they were. Paul saw that they had this faith, they had this charity as truly part of who they are. And Paul can hold them up and say, this is what all of the other assemblies should be aspiring to by looking at the example of these individuals. Now we're going to continue looking at these things In our next episode, and as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have audio files of our Sunday services. We have information on how to join our Sunday service live as it's broadcast on Facebook. We also have information about how to join our Wednesday night Bible study through a conference call option as well. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, about anything in our broadcast, anything you read on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.